Welcome to the Creative Cast. I'm your host, Tammy Munson, podcast producer, podcast coach, and CEO of Wildfire Creative. Are you struggling to grow and monetize your podcast? Do you want to learn more about starting your own podcast? Want to learn the secrets of the business side of podcasting? Then you are in the right place, friend. Each episode contains powerful information to help you get started with your own podcast, learn the secrets of building a business, and grow your podcast. All right, y'all, let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Cast. I am your host, Tammy Munson, and I am so excited that you are here with me on this episode of the Creative Cast because, y'all, it is a very special one because I am joined by my friend, Jenny Sunison. Now, Jenny is also a podcast strategist, and she's also the founder and CEO of a podcast management and marketing agency. Now, the name of hers is the Savvy Podcast Agency, and it's an agency just for podcasters who are also entrepreneurs. Now, today we talk about being a podcast manager, shedding light on that integral role of a podcast. We also discuss everything from show notes to editing to marketing to guest pitching and key factors to consider if you're thinking about hiring a podcast manager. And Jenny is going to share all her insights into the art. And yes, friends, it's an art of guest pitching for your podcast. Now, Jenny's going to share her journey with us, and y'all, it is nothing short of inspiring. From being a social media virtual assistant to launching several podcasts during a maternity break in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. So without further ado, here is my friend, Jenny. Hey, Jenny, I am so glad that you were here on the show. Welcome to the Cast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. I love when I get the opportunity to interview other podcast pros, podcast entrepreneurs, because I love to hear their story of how they got started in this. Because you don't hear a lot of people being an entrepreneur in this space. Yeah. yeah. It's still yeah. very foreign to a lot of my friends. They're like, what do you do again? And I'm like, cause most of my friends were corporate like that. I know from like college and whatnot. So it's definitely right. interesting. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So tell everybody how you got started. How did you learn about podcasting? All those things. Yeah. So I did not start in podcasting, which most people really I feel like don't. It is more niche. It's not something you're like, oh yeah, this is cool. Let me try this. Like usually people start as a VA, which is what I did um, because that's more well-known. So it's like kind of the segue. Um, So I started as like a social media type manager, VA, you know, Mm -hmm. type situation because that's what I did in my corporate job. I did social media management. So I started that alongside my corporate job. And within six months, I was making nearly a full-time income from it. I mean, not going to lie, I was only making like $30,000 at my regular job. So it wasn't like I was, you know, making multiple, even six figures yet. But uh, I got to the point where I was just like, okay, like I can either stay at this job and make $30,000 a year or make more than that. So I decided to leave, went all in with my social media business at the time, did that for a couple of years, realized that 
when I wanted to have kids in the future, that would not be really sustainable to do social media because you're constantly on all the time, responding to comments, responding to messages. Like I just felt like I couldn't get catch a break with it. So right. I actually had someone come to me who had a podcast and she was looking for help with her podcast, but also some other VA stuff. So it kind of worked pretty well. At the time I had only ever managed my own podcast because I started my own podcast in early 2018. I want to say like January of 2018. And from there, I was just doing my own podcast. I had someone editing it, but I was doing the rest of the stuff for it. And this lady came to me she's like, Hey, I have a podcast. I'd like for your help with like some non-podcast stuff, but you know, like if you can do the podcast stuff too, that would be a bonus. I'm like, great. Like I have experience doing my own. I've never done it for anyone else before. Like if that's okay, sure. Let's try it. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. So she kind of took a shot on me. And then from there, I just really liked it. I fell, I kind of fell in love with it. And I was already like kind of burnt out from the social media side of things anyway. So yeah kind of getting that, that taste of something different was really what I needed. And then from there, I want to say like that was October of 2018. And by the summer of 2019, I had gotten rid of all of my social clients and just had podcast clients. So it was, I wasn't like immediately burning down my business because I didn't want to go from a nice income to like nothing overnight. Right. Uh, just having that one client. But um, yeah. yeah, within like, I guess a six month period, I, yeah, I went full in, all in on podcasting. So that was, yeah, June of 2019. And now we are in July of 2023. So it's been about four years now, which is yeah. crazy. What a crazy, like last few years this has been. Probably just kind of going along 2019. You're like, oh yeah, this is cool. Then, and then 2020. <laughs> the world go- comes on fire in 2020. Yeah. And podcasting just like explodes. Yeah. The funny thing about that was I was actually, so I got pregnant with my son in October of 20. Yeah. I found I was pregnant in October of 2019. So a couple months after making that pivot and I was like, okay, like I got to start figuring out a maternity leave situation. Right. What are we going to do here? And that was before COVID even happened. Like he wasn't, he was a COVID baby. He was born in COVID. So I, yeah, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I need to start like doing something. I need to bring on help because I don't want to let go of my clients. And I also don't want to work for three months. So I started bringing on help uh, to help me while I was on my tray leave. During that time, podcasting was exploding. So I was getting just insane amounts of launch inquiries. Like it was just off the charts. I want to say I launched like six podcasts between like March and May. And I went on my mm-hmm. leave in June and yeah. I had to turn away like several people. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I would love to help you, but I literally cannot because I'm going on maternity leave and that is non-negotiable. Right. So right. it was rather nuts uh, from, yeah. you know, I want to say like March to May was just crazy. I'm sure like if I would have not gone on maternity leave, it would have continued to be crazy throughout the rest of the year. But I gave myself you know, a break. Cause I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a newborn and be a first time mom and try to deal with all these launches. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about podcast management. How can a podcast manager help with someone's podcast? What are the skills they are bringing to the table and how can they help them be a better podcaster? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like there's kind of a lot of different specialties that people have. Like I see some people who advertise themselves as podcast managers, but like they mainly focus on like just one thing or just like, you know, a little tiny sliver of things, but there's so many things that a podcast manager can do from you. And most people think, Mm -hmm. oh, they're just like an editor, right? Which yeah, that is a big portion of it, but they don't think Mm -hmm. about like the other things. Like for me, what we do for our clients, we do obviously editing, obviously show notes, those are kind of like non-negotiables, but we also dive into the marketing part of things. And I don't see that being the case for 
a ton of people. I know a lot of agencies do offer it, but I don't think every single podcast manager offers that. And we also like to focus on the pitching side of things too. So I have a arm of my agency that just does podcast pitching. So we do it mostly for clients that have podcasts already, but we also do it for people who don't have podcasts too. And that's Mm. something I don't see a lot of people offering either. They're just solely focused on the podcasting side, but I think it's like a really holistic thing. Like if you have this podcast, right, you want to get it out in front of people and Mm -hmm. you can have the greatest post-production process and have it sound really amazing and have these great show notes. But like, if no one's listening because you're not marketing it, then it's kind of, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing potential listeners a disservice because you're not getting it out in front of people. So I think it's like a really, like it's a holistic strategy, not just editing and show notes while those are great and handy and you want to have those. um, I think there's a lot more to it than people realize. And I mean, I've even had clients where, you know, they're like, oh, well, I can't like afford to add on the marketing part of things, but I'll do it myself. And then even though we, you know, with our basic package, we still provide graphics and stuff assets for them to promote. We just don't physically write the captions and post, um, but they still won't do it. And then they're like, Oh, my stuff isn't growing. And I'm like, okay, well, I know what do you expect? Yes. Yes. (laughs) That is, that is the one thing I think I say all the time. Well, you know, I live in Iowa, but this is not build it and it will come. They're not just going to magically go, Oh, Oh, I need to go see about, I mean, there are going to be some loyal people that mm-hmm. are going to be like, follow you. And they're going to listen to everything that you put out, every piece of content on social right. or within the podcast. But a lot of it, you have to do the promotion for it. You've yeah. got to gotta tell the people, hey, here's my show. This is what it's about. This is what we're doing this week. And really engage with them because doing the show is only half of the equation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you can have the best sounding show ever, the best content ever, but if no one is finding it, then it's not going to convert how you want it to. And then you're going to be disappointed, which is why like most of the time when people come, like our clients come to us and they're like, Oh, well, like, you know, it's not really doing as well as I thought. It's like, okay, well either like you start posting and you make that happen or, you know, you, we, we upgrade your package to have marketing because if someone's mm-hmm. not taking that step, it's not going to happen. It's not just going exactly. to explode overnight. That's what I, I feel like I'm constantly, for the lack of a better word, preaching. Yeah. You've got to promote your show. Yeah. Yeah. You're spending You're... all this money with us to right. make it sound amazing. Which is great, but like, which, yeah, which is you need other stuff That's... too. All the other stuff is really important. So if someone is out there listening, going, okay, you've convinced me, I need a podcast manager, what should they be looking for in a potential podcast manager? That's a great question. I think there's like, there's several like key things to look for. And then there's going to be some things that are like more so preferences, right? So I think like one major thing to look for is like, like, I always think you should ask like who their current clients are or send samples or something so you can get a feel for like their style when it comes to show notes, editing, et cetera. I think that's really, really important. And like, if a client ever asked me like, Hey, can I see samples? I'm like hundred percent, here's a file. Like if you, if that person's not feeling comfortable providing samples, then that's kind of a red flag. I mean, obviously if they're not, if they're brand new and they don't really have you know, they don't have samples. That's one thing, but they're, if they're just like not willing to provide that, I think that's kind of odd, but I think that is important to be able to make sure that that person matches your style. Cause you don't want to start working with someone and then have completely misaligned views of like what the show notes should look like, what the editing should sound like. Obviously these things can be like tweaked, mm-hmm. but 
at the same time, you know, it's easier to have someone who kind of has that vision in mind for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another thing is just like someone who is communicative is really important. And obviously like, you're not going to really truly know that until you start working together. But like, if they're taking like a week to respond to like your outreach, when you're like trying to like, you know, get on a call with them, that's not great. I mean, obviously things come up sometimes and we're human, so we might miss communication or it went to spam or something like that happened. But, Mm -hmm. um, to me, communication is huge. And also as the podcast manager looking for clients too, like you don't want to work with a client who's non-communicative either because exactly. then you're going to run into issues. So I think I think it's good for both sides of the fence to kind of look at the things too and make sure that that client or that podcast manager, you know, feels aligned for them. But I also think, I don't think you should go for the lowest price person either or the right. highest price person because I see so many people like shopping for just service providers in general. And they're like, I'm yeah. looking for someone who can do X, Y, Z and do all this, do podcasts, can do social media, can do email, can do 7 million billion things, basically looking for some mm-hmm. kind of unicorn for like $20 an hour. Um, <laughs> <That didn't work. laughs> yeah. So I think, I think like not looking for the lowest person, but you also don't need like the highest tiered person either. Cause I think sometimes people see like this big price tag and they're like, Oh, they, you know, I have to you know, if I'm paying this much, they're going to be the best ever. And that's not always the case either. And then the lower person, like, sure, like you're not paying as much, but they may not have the best quality or, you know, there, there's probably something else there too. So don't just price shop, like really get a feel for, you know, more than just the prices. And I think it's okay to get on calls with multiple people, but I also don't think Mm -hmm. you should be like talking to 20 different people for your podcast. That's a little much. Like I would say like five max, but three personally is my kind of like, cause when I'm looking for someone, I don't, I'm not for podcasting, but just generally, I don't like to talk to more than like three people because then you kind of, everything runs together. You're, it's hard to keep track. Like, oh, who does what? What's their pricing? You know, what is all included in their packaging? And like, then I feel like the details kind of just get mashed together. Like, oh, did I vibe with this person more? I can't remember Um, (laughs) because I talked to four other people, you know? Yeah. And I've seen so many people doing call outs where they ask like, oh, you know, I'm looking for a podcast manager. And then they get like 40 comments and then like they comment back to all 40 of those people like, hey, let's hop on a call. I'm like, oh my God, who has time for that? A, but (laughs) B, like you're not even going to be able to pick someone or you might pick the wrong person because you just are so overwhelmed. Yeah. Such good tips there. You know, one of the things that I, that I notice when we have clients that come to us is they, they say, so I had this other editor and she was really cheap, but you know, she's not doing X or she didn't do Y. And then we go (laughs) and we listen and we're like, I don't know who you hired, but that wasn't a podcast editor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we go, okay. And so then they have to spend more money. Right for agencies like like mine and yours to go back and fix the stuff that didn't do well or change out the show notes or retitle the things because they didn't know all the information about SEO or or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So you had mentioned that one of the things that you your business does is help with podcast pitches and getting guests Mm -hmm. on on their shows, which I think is so important this is mostly a solo show. And so I only have guests here on every so often, but I know a a lot of our listeners do have shows that they need a guest every week. So Mm -hmm. 
What are some of the ways that a podcaster can leverage their guests on the host side as well as on the being a guest themselves? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think having guests, like if you do have like a show that has both solos and guests, I think it can be a really great strategy to bring more people to your world. Cause obviously with a solo episode or a solo only podcast, like you're not, you know, you're the only one promoting that you're not getting right. in front of other people's audiences exactly. that way. So I think that's a really great benefit, but I think you can really leverage that by finding the right people who are going to talk to things that you can't really talk to well, or you could talk to it, but not well. Right. I think I can talk about a lot of topics. Right. But like, I yeah. know I can't talk about every single topic super well and super in right. depth. So finding people that have like complementary topics that aren't like conflicting, but you know, that you can, you can talk to them about, for example, for my podcast, I've had people talk about things that I wasn't super expert in. Like I've had people talk about email marketing for podcasters, right? Because mm-hmm. I know how to send emails, right? But that's not my forte. So like having someone who's complimentary was really, really helpful because we were able to like leverage her audience and, you know, bring more people to my show, but also like it wasn't super competitive. That's not to say I've never had any other person on my show that was like a podcast manager because I definitely have. I've had several. It just depended on the topic and whatnot. So bring on people who are complimentary, but not usually directly in competition, And I think it's really important to not focus on their numbers too. Like for me, I'm really huge on integrity. And for me, if I'm just looking at someone solely to come on the show, just because they have a big Instagram following or a big email list, like Mm -hmm. you're not doing it for the right reasons. So for me, I think it's a combination of having a really great solid topic that is going to be beneficial for my listeners. Mm-hmm. you do want them to have somewhat of an audience. Like they can't be like someone with zero people, but you also don't need to shoot, oh, that, that person that has 10,000 followers on Instagram either. So like a happy right. medium between that and to be finding someone who is a good guest is going to be, you know, I feel like it's easier now. It used to be harder because people didn't really know what to do. They were just kind of winging it. Uh, But now there's so many like different groups where you can find really great guests who are looking to be on shows. Whereas before you kind of had to like email people and hope that they were interested. Utilizing those groups and being really specific with your call out for guests so that you aren't getting a bunch of randoms is really important. Yeah. I I think that that really helps too. It's just being specific enough that like people are like, okay, yeah, this, this show sounds like a good fit for me. So you're getting people who are actually like fit to apply instead of sifting through like 50 applications that are super mediocre and not going to be something that you want on your show anyway. Right. And not everybody is made to be a guest on the show. So with pitching, I know that the pitch itself is quite important in the whole process of it. What are some best practices when pitching other podcasts? Yeah, this is a great question. And as a podcaster myself, not just being like someone who's doing pitching, I kind of get to see both sides of things because I get Mm -hmm. some really great pitches, some really awful pitches. So I kind of know like what, not just from doing it from experience, but just seeing what comes in my inbox. I'm like, oh, these are awful pitches. And like, sometimes they come from other agencies, like podcast pitching agencies. And I'm like, like, this is kind of bad. Like, I'm kind of sad that someone's paying you for this, right? Yes. Um, There are some out there that just run, run for the hills, y'all. Yeah. I think, you know, it's not really that hard to send a pitch that is going to be 
compelling. I mean, it does take a little time. I think that's the most important thing is that it does take some time to craft that pitch because the ones that I usually see in my inbox that are like awful, they don't do any personalization whatsoever. They're sending blanket pitches. They're saying, Hey, podcast host, or Hey, insert name of podcast here. They don't even add your name. It's like, you could find my name by looking at my cover art, but okay. It's really not that hard to write a good pitch but people fail so badly at it. I've had pitches where people are just pitching me. Oh, Hey, like I have a government contractor that talks about entrepreneurship. I'm like, what the heck does that have to do with podcasting? Like, why are you pitching me this? It's like, they just find a list of podcasts and emails and just send, man, you didn't even try to personalize this whatsoever. And that's not to say you can't have a pitching template because we definitely do do that for ourselves and our clients. Like you can definitely have like a part where the bio goes, a part where usually like to include, like, I'd love, they already have a podcast themselves. We say like, so-and-so the client knows that podcasting is not an easy effort. So they're willing to promote to their channels as well. We always like to add that line. And the, really the main thing that we customize in each pitch is really the kind of opening paragraph after we say hello to their host name or whatever their name is. I think it's important to really just kind of you don't have to sit there and listen to their entire catalog of episodes because that who has time for that, but like get familiar with the podcast that you're pitching each one, like get mm-hmm. familiar, make sure it's really a good fit before you're sending that email because people can tell when you just send that blanket email, right. usually we'll oh, listen yeah. to like one or two episodes, the first couple minutes, or even scroll somewhere in the middle to get a good feel for it. It doesn't really need to take a lot of time, but you just want the guests to know or the host to know that you actually listen to some of their episodes. That you so do just some random. work. Yeah, you got to yeah. do some work up front. And like yeah. your pitch topic should be aligned with the show. Like I said, like the government contractor talking about entrepreneurship. I'm like, what does that have to do with podcasting? My show is so specific that like pitches like it that, is. they just get immediately deleted. <laughs> That's so off topic. Every guest is not necessarily a good fit for every podcast. Yeah. I think a lot of companies that do pitching for people, they are just thinking about the sheer quantity and they're like, well, if I send 50 pitches this month, I'm bound to get some yeses, right? Whereas like my mm-hmm. company, we only send 12 pitches a month, like 12 brand new pitches, which is on the higher end compared to some yeah, yeah, companies it's that I've seen. We, do. Yeah. we send 12 pitches. So that's what, three a week. Mm-hmm. And then we do follow-ups as well. And, you know, they're all very aligned. It's not just like 50 blanket pitches a month and hoping right. three of those 50 book or five of those 50 book. And, right. you know, sometimes it might take a little longer when you're only pitching less amounts of shows. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, you know that they're going to be a really great fit for your audience. So I think that's that's really important instead of going for the quality over the quantity in this aspect. At the end of the day, you're going to get better shows that you're going to be featured on, which means they're going to resonate more with your those listeners and, you know, Mm -hmm. bring them back to your show. So if that's really your goal or bring them back to your show or your products and services, then you want to be on these more aligned podcasts instead of just getting like 50 opportunities that are like mediocre. Right. I love that so, so much. Such good stuff there. Okay. One thing that we do here on the show is at the end, I like to ask some fun questions because I'm an Enneagram 8, but I'm also a 7, so I like to have a little bit of fun. (laughs) Okay. Super easy. I promise not going to be really hard. First question, what is your favorite genre of podcasts out there? Ooh, that's a good one. 
I would probably have to say true crime because me that's too. just what I, <laughs> that's what I listen to the most. Um, and it gets me away from the business stuff all the time. When I did first start listening to podcasts back in 2015, my first show was serial. So that kind of got me on that kick. Oh yeah. Um, what a yeah, good show. With, yeah. So that's what got oh. me on that true crime kick. I mean, I loved it before then, but that's what got me on the podcast kick. And then mm-hmm. from there, I started listening to some like more businessy ones when I was like starting my business. Cause I started my business in 2016. Right. So I listened to a lot of businessy ones, like on the way to work and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, now, now it's just true crime. Cause I listen to so many podcasts for business that because they're my clients. So, um, I, I like to listen to something a little, <laughs> I, I won't say lighthearted because true crime is not lighthearted, but something a little like, I don't know, something that I Let, can less business like, right. I'm learning, but I'm yeah. not learning like how to grow my email list. I'm learning like how to find a killer or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm the same. I mean, I listen to all of our client stuff day in and day out. But when I need to kind of unplug and just be like, <laughs> I just need something, you know, it's different. True crime. Yep. Same. I'm all, I'm all <laughs> I get it. Okay. This should be pretty easy because I think as podcast people, we, we all have, we all have a favorite. What is your favorite piece of podcasting equipment that you hmm. use? It could be a mic. It could be an audio interface. It could be a light. It could be a filter? I would say probably my mic because it is like, I bought it for a bundle. I want to say it was a Black Friday deal back in 2020. And it is the Audio Technica, the Q2U. It's rather inexpensive for a mic, which is great, but it works so, so well. It's so amazing for the quality and the price, which is wonderful. And I always recommend to our clients because like, I can't tell you when people come come to me and they're like, Oh, you know, I bought this Yeti mic because it's really pretty, but like, it just doesn't sound that good. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it is pretty. It is pretty. I mean, like before I started podcasting, that's what I thought was the standard too, because that's all you see, right? Um, Yes. They're very beautiful mics. I talk about my love-hate relationship with Yeti here on the show quite a bit, but I love the mic. I think it's very pretty. It's just (laughs) not meant for podcasting. Especially if you're not experienced. Like if you exactly. are, if you have a sound treated studio, it's going to bode a lot better for you if you have that mic yes. versus, yeah. Like I think the mic that I have and the mic that you have, it's like, you don't need all that extra sound treating for there to not be like a massive echo, um, right. which is what I like to tell my clients. And plus it's cheaper. Like the, the Q2 is way cheaper. Okay. Last question. What is your best advice for those who are thinking about starting a podcast, what is, what is your number one tip for them? I, yeah, I would say to just first off, don't be afraid to like go for it. I know so many people, like I experience it with with our clients from time to time, they Mm -hmm. get so in their head about every little detail, so perfectionistic. And, and I always tell people, like, I feel like I've said this 550 times. I probably have honestly, but like (laughs) your first episode should not be as great as your 20th episode. Definitely not as great as your hundredth episode. Definitely not as great as your 200th episode. Like you, like you gotta have a baseline. If your first episode's perfect, what are you working towards? And like, that's not to say that it's not going to sound great because you hired a team to help you because it will. But like, if you don't sound a hundred percent confident, your first episode, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You got to learn. You got to learn how to get behind the mic and like, don't record it 500 times. Like that's not going to do you any good. That's not going to do your, your team that's helping you launch the show any good. 
you're going to get better over time. So I think people just need to go for it. But I also do think, I don't think you should start a new business or start a business and then immediately launch your podcast two days later. If you have nothing, you have no audience or whatsoever. I feel like that's something that can come over time. Like, you know, you've been in business at least six months, then you can consider launching a podcast just because it is a lot of work and you want to be able to figure out who your audience really is before Mm -hmm. you're starting to, you know, have a show and trying to market them, the new episodes and whatnot. So I I don't think it's something people should like launch a business and start a new podcast at the same time. But, um, but I also don't think you should wait like (laughs) 10 years in business to start because you were scared either. So I think there's a fine line between like doing it scared, but also you know, not jumping the gun and doing it too fast either. Yeah. Launch it well. Absolutely. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been such a delight. Tell everybody where they can find you, all the things. Yeah. So my uh, best place to find me aside from my website is going to be Instagram. My uh, handle is just my name. So Jenny.Sunnison. I had to do a period in between because I got hacked like three years ago. Um, and then it like took away my, or I guess it was two years ago, but it took away my like regular Jenny Sunnison account. So I had to put a period in the middle. So fun. Of course. Gotta love it. Of course. Um, but yeah, other than that, my website is just savvypodcastagency.com. And you know, that's where you can find all of the stuff that we have, including, you know, my podcast about podcasting. <laughs> well, Jenny, thanks again so much. Yeah, of course. It was so fun chatting with you. Isn't she amazing? Oh, I love her so much. Y'all know guests are are a rarity here on the Creative Cast. So I was so excited that we could have her on the show because y'all know I only bring the best in their niche for guests on the Creative Cast. But before I go, I just want to say thank you for being a part of the Wildfire and Creative Cast community. Your support and enthusiasm keeps myself and our team going. If you enjoyed this episode, which I hope that you did, don't forget to leave a review over on Apple Podcasts because your reviews help us grow and reach more faith-based creatives like yourself. So that's all for today's episode of The Creative Cast. Remember, you, friend have the power to create amazing content and make a difference in the lives of your listeners. I hope that you have a great day and thank you so much for joining me today. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next Monday. Bye y'all.